You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Hello, friends. All right. It's so good to be back here. I love this house so much. I'll probably cry um, as I talk about it right now just because you guys are like family to me. And uh, (laughs) Rick and Deb, I just love you guys. Thanks for for putting me up. Um, Mulvaney's, wherever they are, somewhere around here. I should be lost here. Back in the back. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Anyway. yeah, I, uh, I just, I'm about a month back into um, being in America. Yeah, I have been uh, six months in the past, I guess this last year, I've been in Redding at the YWAM base in Redding, California. And um, before that, uh, you know, I, I come back here about every year about this time and just to enjoy Indiana, I call it the Garden of Indy. And, um, and coming here specifically, it's just like you guys, um, you know, feed me, love me, and uh, accept me. And I've had such transformation in my life because of you guys. And so it's uh, with great joy that I get to come and kind of tell you a little bit about what I've um, got to be a part of this last um, six months. And so I say that the mission is accomplished. There's really so much more, um, obviously, in the Great Commission. But for what we were doing and accompl- trying to achieve and do with our DTS, um, I feel like we did um, as directed, and it was a beautiful experience. So um, if you want to go to the next screen there. So a lot of people ask me, so what is YOM, um, other than an acronym for Youth with a Mission? And it's a, it's a massive missions organization, um, and its main um, workers are young people. Um, I was by far... Not the oldest, there was actually three of us that were in our 40s, but um, it was like we were the mom and dads, and uh, I call myself the uncle because I don't have kids, Um, but there was literally um, a family of seven, and so um, Rodney and April, they bookended me, so 48, 45, 43, and then their kids were from nine up to 17, so they all went out to Africa with us. But if you were to take us three out of the, the um, average, I think the mean age was 20. So you can imagine, and this is, this is actually the, where we do our chapel, and uh, this is our send-off. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of passionate young people that want to see the world change. And, and YWAM's um, mission, you could say, is to, to know God and to make Him known. And so... Um, we did that, and um, in YWAM, uh, there's, there's, I think in America, there's over 200 what we call bases. There's over 2,000 in the world, um, and so there's ranges in size from um, there's brand new bases being pioneered that may only have a staff of three people, and then they have um, people that volunteer and come in. So the, the team that's followed my team is actually in a, in a town called Ranchi, India. Um, and they, they're calling it YWAM Shiloh. So Shiloh, there's two people on staff, and they've got five people coming in to, to do um, just building, um, team building, and I'm um, going to lead DTS with them, which is discipleship training school. So I finished a DTS 
in YWAM, that's your first, um, that's kind of like your door to go in to the ministry, discipleship training school. And so six or 12 weeks um, of, of schooling, each week has a different topic. And then um, you do an outreach. And the outreach sends you to another place um, that you're not familiar with. In the States, pretty much, excuse me, not all the time, but almost all the time, you're leaving the country. Um, and so our team went to Africa, and specifically, um, I went to Uganda. Um, the first two weeks, we actually finished our DTS up in Egypt. So we were in Alexandria um, at a beautiful resort. That's um, a, a Christian resort, which is pretty unique in Egypt. Um, it's quite a, yeah, they, they asked that we not tell anybody where we were at. Um, not even when we went customs. We gave them a weird address in Cairo. So they didn't even know anything that we're doing. Um, they just try to keep it off the radar because um, Egypt's not really too in love with Jesus. Um, so anyway, we did our, our two weeks up in, in, in Egypt. And then, oh, you can go back. And then... Uh, Uganda is right on the equator, quite literally. Um, if you were to, to take a compass mark, you would be at zero degrees in about three minutes, I think. So it's pretty close to zero, zero um, lati long latitude, not longitude. But um, anyway, it was really, really a, a beautiful place. They call it the Pearl of Africa. And uh, there'll be a couple pictures. This photo was actually taken on the Nile um, near Murchison Falls, which is what they call the world's most powerful waterfall. But, um, yeah, it's an amazing place. So, so with my outreach, um, I had a team. We, we had a t kind of two teams with, with um, outreaches. It depends on, you know, leadership, um, where we're going. I, I honestly still don't know how they determine all these things. But we ended up with two teams. Um, one went to Kenya for a month and then met us in Uganda. Uh, the team in Uganda were, or in uh, Kenya actually were in Mombasa, which is a very Muslim-focused uh, city. Um, the YWAM Reading teams, um, we always try to serve Muslim-focused uh, areas. Um, so they, they really found a, a beautiful mark, um, a target place. To, uh, to show God's love in, in really beautiful ways. And um, I think they had about um, 50 people come to Jesus there. Who knows how many different healings, miracles. I mean, it was target rich. I mean, oh my stars. Like, you have no idea how, um, you might have an idea. But anyway, in Arua, um, which is where I was, I think you can go to the next slide. I don't know if I have an Arua photo. Um, no. Um, in Arua, it's, a, uh, it's up by uh, the Congo and South Sudan. And um, uh, you've probably heard of Idi Amin. He was a, a dictator and pretty horrible leader of, of Uganda. That's where he's from. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting because we'll, you'll run into people who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm his nephew or... Um, and they're quite proud of it because they're Muslim as well, and, and I don't know. Anyway, um, but when we were out in Uganda, um, we were really focused uh, the first month 
actually in the town and in close villages because of a thing called Ebola. And Ebola is a terrible virus or something like that in Congo, which was six miles away, um, but fortunately a different country. Um, there was a, a confirmed case or three a month before us arriving. It takes two months to actually be, um, how do you say it? Two months of confirmed no, no new outbreaks um, before you can really go around and, and move around. And so we had to kind of stay fairly stationary, which was fairly disappointing. Um, it was still good, and I'll tell you, actually, the, the real testimony I'm going to tell you comes from a very local base, uh, a local village um, here in just a moment. But it did lock us kind of into the city of Arua. So we did a lot of uh, ministry in the prison, um, several different schools, and um, just doing door-to-door -door evangelism throughout the neighborhoods um, and through, through the cities that way. But um, we all know the Great Commission. And, and so when we're out and we're doing our ministry, um, every day you probably spend about five hours just doing um, mission ministry type work, outreach, compassion, um, all sorts of different kind of things. A little bit of service, but mostly it's you know, literally um, evangelism type stuff. And so um, I'll just go into Matthew 28. Great Commission, um, verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've given you all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And uh, that, was, that was our call. So... I mean, real summary of our fruit, I guess you could say. Um, a, we're, we, we're uncertain just because we did Jesus films. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those, but they are a way you project uh, and you have in native language. Um, so the tribes that we were at were Lugbaran and Kuku. Um, so we would actually project and um, do the Jesus movie in their language. and. Um, each night, you always um, do a, an altar call, and um, I'd say we're, we're, we're guessing between 150 and 300 people came forward um, and, and received Jesus as their Savior. So I know that was pretty substantial. Um, signs and miracles and wonders were the, the things that I really enjoyed the most, and, and uh, when we were out doing um, our, our outreaches, um, and I'm going to specifically go into this, this village called Punduru. I don't think, yeah, this is it right here. Um, this was the first time we were actually able to go out into um, not Arua. So it's still fairly close. We didn't have to, like, you know, drive for a, a half a day on dirt roads. It only took about an hour. But Punduru, um, they were just planning this church that we're, we're in here, and um, this was the very first day there. I, I, me and a couple others um, went to church, and, and one of the young men, um, I think he's about 18, preached and just gave a great message on Jonah. I'll tell you what, these young men and women are 
so blessed and powerful. Um, there is no junior or senior Holy Spirit. Um, he just wants to give us everything he's got. And these kids are fearless to, to give the word. And uh, so anyway, we, we start off in ministry in Ponduru about Wednesday. This is kind of where my, my testimony and what I really, one of my, what I would say the things that I really gained the most from this experience um, was uh, hearing God's voice. So knowing him and making him known. And, and those are kind of, I believe they're married together. Um, I've been enjoying this book called Practicing His Presence. Um, Frank Laubach wrote this. He, he journaled essentially based on a book written in the 1600s by a guy named Brother Lawrence about practicing his presence. And um, he says, the price we will need to pay for keeping God will be that we must be endlessly giving him away. I'm going to say that again. The price we will need to pay for keeping God will be that we must endlessly be giving him away. And um, so I, I was in the practice, I guess you could say, of, of, of just asking what he wanted to do. That's one of the easy things. And just always be talking to Papa and just say, what do you want to do today? And we were loaded up in our, we had this Toyota truck. Um, imagine a little Toyota with like kind of a metal grid thing to keep people in. We had 16 people in this truck. So you can imagine how strange this is. Um, I'm riding on the tailgate because it, it's fairly uncomfortable. <laughs> Got like three people on the roof and nine people in the, in the bed and then like a couple people inside the truck. So um, I'm riding out to Ponduru and I'm just asking God, what do you want to do today? And in Uganda, it's a fairly Christian um, nation, honestly. I, I would say even more than America, if you can imagine. You'll either, that people are very free to express their, their like beliefs. So there'll be Muslim people, there'll be Hindi, there'll be Christian. And uh, I see this bus, and imagine a bus that looks kind of like a school bus, but it's like orange and black, and on the side of it, it has this address, Matthew 14, 36. And I was like, huh, I think I'll look that up. Let's look it up, Matthew 14. So in Matthew 14, it's a pretty great chapter. Um, like Jesus walks on water, feeds the 5,000. Um, they're crossing over, um, I think, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, at verse 34, it says, after they crossed the lake, they landed at Genesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. And I was like, oh, you want to heal today, huh? And it was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. So, so I... Uh, we get to, to Ponduru, and we unload, and I mean, you can imagine like this, essentially, I don't know how many kids, 40 or 50 little kids, big kids. I don't know if that other picture coming up, if you want to go over, can we go, yeah, that one. So this is at Ponduru as well. So imagine like 50 more of those guys, and they just swarm around you. They just are like, oh, it's so fun to like 
get to be loved by them, and probably they're hopefully feeling the same way about us. But um, anyway, we, we start off and we do kind of every day, we do like a, a worship time, prayer, um, and kind of just prepare ourselves to go out and, and do our evangelism. And uh, this is, I think, Wednesday. Previously, um, we were doing the same thing every day. So we're, we're going out and already had been able to see um, people healed of, of um, ulcers. We uh, prayed for a woman with malaria, another one with typhoid. Um, and these, are, these were, um, I know for sure the ulcer is completely healed. Um, the way that it was revealed about typhoid and malaria, um, they were supernatural, like, revelations. And, and so one of the gals that was with us, she was like, I think you've got something that you need to, to tell us about and that you really need prayer for. Because this woman was, was in this family that we were praying with, and she was very quiet, didn't say anything at all. And so she then um, humbled herself and, and said, yeah, you're right. And so we got to, to, to bring that to the Lord. And I just feel like whenever, whenever things like that are highlighted, they're not, they're not just so that we know. It's so that the Father gets to, to touch and do his thing. And, and I'll, I'll go over that um, with this passage as well. Because here it is. Um, we're done. We're walking to uh, another quadrant of this village. And we don't even get to the first place. And this woman's like walking up to me and she's like, I need to be healed. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Like, it's, it is as if she's like, I've been needing this for a long time. I'm finally going to get to have somebody actually bring me relief, bring me healing. Um, yes. I didn't really realize this. And this is one of those cool things I think that I'm still getting from my experience. And I think this is how the Lord works. Um, is, you know, at first I was like, oh, you want to heal. Well, then I realized that, quite honestly, we really were doing exactly like Jesus had done. People were waiting. They're like, oh, I've heard of you. I'm going to come and I'm going to get healing because you're doing that. The weird thing is, is that even like yesterday... I had another observation, I'm still trying to process it, that's related to this as well, and that is, is that in fact, we get one thing from Jesus, and it's almost like he's taking us all around the gift. So, the gift of Matthew 14, 36 is that not only does he heal, but that he uses us like Jesus, and that we get to bless other people because we're serving. Um, and so, so the richness of, of my testimony continues, I feel like, to get even more rich as I get to share it. And, um, and so as we got to pray for this woman, I honestly don't remember what she asked for. I was like, your faith was enough. I, I really am completely confident that her faith was enough. Um, just like, I just need to touch your robe. I've heard what you're doing. I need to be healed just like you've healed these other people. Um, and so it was just a precious time. I can't remember. Um, the days have kind of blended. But within that time, um, 
Yeah, quite literally, I, I would say um, typhoid, malaria. We, we prayed for uh, people with AIDS a few different times. Um, a Muslim woman came to Jesus. Um, and those are pretty, yeah, anyway. Um, and that was all just, you know, within a couple uh, days, just doing um, real simple evangelism. But, but it's like asking the Lord what he wanted to do. And that was, that was my, my biggest thing is like, okay, what do you want to do? So oftentimes I just ask Papa, like, what do you want to do today? And it's a real easy question to do, to, to ask. Um, the, the interesting thing is, is he'll show you um, in a lot of ways. Obviously, you have the word, which is paramount. But I believe in, even in, in song, in music, um, in relationship, when you're talking with others, what are they getting from the Father? Um, even just when people express needs. It's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I, just be always mindful of what is available and presented to you. I think as we walk with the Father, the more that we do this, the, the more common it is going to be for him to say, oh, here you are. I know like Rick meets with Daddy at like 3 in the morning or something like that, right? So, um, yeah, it's, if you have a reliable experience, it's a fantastic thing. And uh, there's this beautiful song um, called Highland. And the guy says, you're just not that hard to find. And he's just not that hard to find. He's just not that hard to find. And so, um, so the signs and miracles and wonders are just a part of the fruit of what we got to experience. But that was, that was my biggest takeaway. It was just like, I'm... I'm, I'm learning to do this and uh, and then it's you know just stepping into those things in faith that this is what I'm going to do and it's always that's probably the biggest thing is, is just that I'm not really sure do you guys have that feeling where you're like I'm just not really sure um, and so um, as Rick said I'm, I'm kind of fearless um, so I'll just do stuff sometimes and uh, yeah, I, I rarely regret the the oopses because sometimes they happen. You're like, I'm not, I wasn't quite right. Um, but people have no idea, and and I think a lot of times we are our greatest um, barrier with um, you know what God wants to move in and do. And so I would really encourage you just to 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 consider um, each day. It's like, what do you want to do? Add, add that into your prayer um, and your times with the Lord. Um, I don't know if you guys journal. I, I do a lot of that. So I, I take my journal everywhere with me. Um, and I just always write down what I'm kind of feeling. What am I sensing? What am I hearing? Um, is there a certain thing that the word is, is, is highlighted to me? Um, and, and even in that today, like in yesterday... Um, um, let me pray about this real quick. God, I just thank you for this time. Yes. And uh, I just love you. I thank you for this place and, and this space. And that your word would be mine. <sighs> yeah. I just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, 
Yeah, and this might be something we can kind of tag team on, Rick. But um, another part that was was showing to me was um, uh, uh, there's two. Um, one was it's in in uh, Exodus 31 where he's he's talking about obeying the Sabbath and um, let me just take that up so um, in verse 13 of, of Exodus 31 it says my Sabbath you shall keep for it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that does that does sanctify you Verse 14, it starts, you should keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. And uh, obeying the word is something that, that I, even I, I don't know how to say this right, because it's going to sound really weird, but I struggle with, I'm sure you guys all, um, <laughs> it's like the top 10, the 10 commandments are like, they're such massive um, things that the Father has created, but the enemy has done everything you can do to like diminish them to a point where they're not even a thing. And the Sabbath is, I think, one of the most interesting ones. Um, and this was, I think, my other really significant takeaway from Uganda. And the, the, the ministry that we were involved with, it, the YWAM base, they do an LCD, they call it a Lord's Center Day. Yeah. And the Lord's Center Day is not on a Sunday because typically when you're in ministry, this is not a day off. Um, you don't get to like have, you know, a break necessarily. So you need a time where, um, where you do. And that, that Sabbath is such an important thing. And if the Father needed to rest or wanted to rest, don't you think it'd be a good thing for you? If it's, if it's such a thing that he's like even making it a top 10, it's significant. And I was doing stuff with YWAM like every day. It was like, it was almost like doing way too much Christian stuff. I'm serious. It was just like, wow, I'm really getting fried because we're just doing all this ministry. And I was like, there's something wrong with this. And then we got into, onto the base there, and it was like this gift of God, like, oh, yeah, it's called a, it's called a Sabbath. You should do it. And uh, I was really, really, really relieved by that because at, at that point I was like, huh, this is a day that I am choosing to not require myself of anything except walking with Papa, doing things with friends, family, whatever, um, when we were on base. And... Um, so it was, it was all of a sudden, instead of, I've got to just do and strive and, and, and do all these things that were like, quote unquote, good, and have, in fact, spiritual value, things for kingdom building. It was to a point where I was just like, this is not, it's not doing, I don't believe it does the Lord good sometimes if we're just always kind of forcing it as opposed to doing it in love. Being obedient is one thing, but being obedient in love is another thing. Are you required to do something, or are you doing it because you love to do it? 
And it, all of a sudden, it made me feel a new appreciation, a new love for following God's law, as opposed to, yeah, I gotta not do that. As opposed to, yes, I need to. And in Psalm 119 this morning, um, the first like 11 verses, um, I think it's David's right in this. He, uh, he says, uh, verse 6, Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please do not give up on me. And uh, I was like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be reveling, not because I've accomplished, but because I'm in alignment with what is really good. The law is, I don't know about all the 7,000, I don't know how many, how many laws are there in Leviticus? Like, there's like 700 or something like that. But I know the top 10, they're worth keeping no matter what. They are the top 10. And so, um, so for me, yeah, especially with the Sabbath, um, that, that was, I don't know which number that is on the top 10, but it's a pretty big one for me because I was doing, we were all the time, we're just doing stuff. And so I don't know where you guys are at. I know we all have different lives. But, um, yeah, having a time where you're, where you're completely unrequired of anything except walking with your Lord, doing things in community, in relationship with one another, with relationships that really matter. Um, I think those are the things that the Sabbath is for. Um, and so that was really, 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 really fruitful for me as well. Um, yeah. Thank you. So, um, Father, I just thank you for this time. And, and uh, um, yeah, I just, I just really love you. I, I thank you for this space, Father, um, and who you are. God, that you've created um, us for relationship not only with you, but also with each other. And Father, I just, I just thank you for this body that, um, that is like family for me. And uh, I just love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes. 